Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome back to God's Whole Story. My name is Chris and I am joined once again with Don Neff. Uh, And we are still in Kings and Chronicles. This time we're seeing a little bit of Elijah, we're seeing some different stories about some kings, uh, various kings, but maybe the most timeless truth that we saw today is that Elijah was a very hairy man. He was. Isn't that amazing? How would you like to go through life being known as the hairy man? I love it. It's so interesting. What kind of man was he? Well, he was a very hairy man. Oh, it's Elijah. (laughs) And he always wore a leather belt. (laughs) I I don't think I'm known for my belt, maybe for my hair. I don't know. But yeah, well, I mean, maybe someday they speak about Pastor Matt Myland. That guy who always wears a blue shirt. There you go. Even though he doesn't. But anyway, you know. Right there. So, hey, we get to heaven one day. Maybe at a distance we'll be able to tell which one's Elijah Mm -hmm. uh, because he's a hairy guy. We had a very deep discussion of, so, what's the Harry? I guess he was Harry when he showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Yeah, that's so, curious. I mean, we are just discussing the deeper things really of deep. life and theology here behind the scenes. Behind the uh, scenes. God's whole story. But back to the story. Donna, we had this interesting encounter here of Elijah calling some fire down from heaven. What What's going on there? Yeah, that's kind of wild. I mean, this this captain was coming to uh, to get him with 50 guys. It kind of cracks me up that he had to send 50 guys with him, you know, <laughs> an army of 50 to, to get him. And Elijah just calls about fire down from heaven. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't get this story. And then the, the third guy finally came and said, hey, please don't do that. And then God said, okay, go with him. Um, yeah, quite a I mean, this uh, story. I think a little bit of the backstory, too, is though these... Uh, the king wanted his guys to go seek out like pagan mm-hmm. wise men and stuff. And so I think there is definitely an, an aspect here of who's really got the power. Yeah. We sh- they should have been seeking God. And so Elijah's doing his very prophet-like things mm-hmm. uh, that we've seen him call down fire from heaven before. We see that happening again. But yeah, it, it's I kind of got to the end of that section. I was like, well, this is just an elaborate story or or accounts of history, not story. Mm-hmm. A story makes it sound like it was made up, but an account of history that led to a prophecy that prophesied that King Ahaziah was going to die, and he died. He died. You're right. Um, so there we go. <laughs> although although I, there may be a lesson in there about, like, because when he, he went seeking help, not seeking God, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think there is something there we can... We can at least glean from, um, you know, where are we looking for counsel? Where are we looking for uh, help? Uh, are we seeking God or are we going, you know, compromising in some way? But uh, it was quite a dramatic way to get there. And we do have this continued pattern of the kings of Israel uh, not seeking godly counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, even if you look at the 30,000 foot view, uh, I forget if there's 19 or 20 kings in Israel, but none of them were good. And, mm-hmm. you know, we already saw Ahab was the worst. And he just listened to people that tickled his ears, uh, and the, kind of the, the trend continues here. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you know, there was another, a, uh, a couple other accounts of some battles and different kings that are coming and going. Uh, that's really the point of Kings and Chronicles is to talk about the various kings. But after Jehoshaphat dies, um, he appoints, he has many sons, but he appoints the oldest son to be king, Jehoram. Uh, but then Jehoram even though he's got the power and it says, seems like Jehoshaphat took care of him with some gifts and wealth. He goes and kills all his brothers. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's uh, really interesting to me. I had to think uh, because it did point out that this King Jehoram, uh, he is a Jehoram. He's the one that was married to Ahab's daughter, that Jehoshaphat had made that arrangement. And uh, and it says he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And I had to think, you know, Jehoshaphat's compromise, it seems to me like that is part of what caused this whole mess mm. in the family later on, because he compromised in that area, and then it had consequences to the next generation. That's kind it of- Big sober. consequences. Yeah. Because yeah. all his, uh, well, six of his other sons have been wiped out because of this. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting because all roads, <laughs> many roads at this point of evil lead back to Ahab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, you got that right. Um, and uh, that alliance that Jehoshaphat did make, for whatever reason, because we do see him, he was a God-fearing king. Mm-hmm. He was a, generally a good king. He's is remembered as one of the good kings of Judah, but mm-hmm. whether it was a politically expedient alliance or just trying to you know, ha- have a little bit greater sense of power, he made disagreement with a horrible king Mm -hmm. and that decision has had consequences for generations Um, yeah yeah that's um that's so true and that's that's one of those sobering things you know like i ask myself are there areas in my life i'm compromising Mm -hmm. that will have impact in the long run and that's a bit sobering yeah i I, i've just even as we're talking you know uh i remember you know david's decisions how Mm -hmm. some of those things had generations of con consequences and some of the ways that he wasn't a good dad uh had massive consequences so here again we see you know even though a really good king the the area that he was potentially weak in it didn't just affect him it affected his kids yeah and went on it's very sobering yeah so true um i think also he's probably a little bit of an insecure king um, because like he had the power, mm-hmm. he didn't need to wipe out his brothers. A lot of times when you see siblings being killed, it's to solidify hold on the power or to gain it for the mm-hmm. first time. But, uh, this, he already had it. So it's just, it's kind of a, a mess. And unfortunately we're going to see more messes in the Kings than we see success stories. Yeah, but, that's so true. Um, so there's a couple of our observations from today. Yeah. Uh, We are going to continue to move on through the rest of the kings of Israel and Judah. And uh, we're excited that you're joining us on this trip. So we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. 2 Kings chapter 1. After King Ahab's death, the land of Moab rebelled against Israel. One day, Israel's new king, Ahaziah, fell through the latticework of an upper room in his palace in Samaria and was seriously injured. So he sent messengers to the temple of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether he would recover. But the angel of the Lord told Elisha, who was from Tishba, go and confront the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, is there no god in Israel? Why are you going to Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether the king will recover? Now, therefore, this is what the Lord says. You will never leave the bed you're lying on. You will surely die. So Elijah went to deliver the message. When the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, Why have you returned so soon? They replied, A man came up to us and told us to go back to the king and give him this message. This is what the Lord says. Is there no God in Israel? Why are you sending men to Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether you will recover? Therefore, because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are lying on. You will surely die. What sort of man was he? The king demanded. What did he look like? They replied, He was a hairy man. And he wore a leather belt around his waist. That's Elijah from Tishba, the king exclaimed. 
Then he sent an army captain with 50 soldiers to arrest him. They found him sitting on the top of a hill. The captain said to him, Man of God, the king has commanded you to come down with us. But Elijah replied to the captain, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. Then fire fell from heaven and killed them all. So the king sent another captain with 50 men. The captain said to him, Man of God, the king demands that you come down at once. Elijah replied, If I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your fifty men. And again the fire of God fell from heaven and killed them all. Once more the king sent a third captain with fifty men. But this time the captain went up the hill, fell to his knees before Elijah. He pleaded with him, O man of God, please spare my life and the lives of these your fifty servants. See how the fire of heaven came down and destroyed the first two groups? Now please spare my life. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him and don't be afraid of him. But Elijah got up. So Elijah got up and went with him to the king. And Elijah said to the king, This is what the Lord says. Why did you send these messengers to Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether you will recover? Is there no god in Israel to answer your question? Therefore, because you have done this, you will never leave this bed you're lying on. You will surely die. So Ahaziah died, just as the Lord God had promised through Elijah. Since Ahaziah did not have a son to succeed him, his brother Joram became the next king. This took place in the second year of the reign of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. The rest of the events of Ahaziah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. 2 Kings 3 Ahab's son Joram began to reign over Israel in the 18th year of King Jehoshaphat's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 12 years, and he did what was evil in the Lord's sight, but not to the same extent as his father and mother. He at least tore down the sacred pillar of Baal that his father had set up. Nevertheless, he continued to in the sins that Jehoabam, the son of Nebat, had committed and led the people of Israel to commit. 2 Kings 3 Starting at verse 4, King Mesha of Moab was a sheep breeder. He used to pay the king of Israel an annual tribute of 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams. But after Ahab's death, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Joram promptly mustered the army of Israel and marched from Samaria. On the way, he sent this message to King Jehoshaphat of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you join me in battle against him? And Jehoshaphat replied, Why, of course. You and I are as one. My troops are your troops, and my horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat asked, What route shall we take? We will attack from the wilderness of Edom, Joram replied. The king of Edom and his troops joined him, and all three armies traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days. But there was no water for the men or their animals. What should we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. But King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord with us? If there is, we can ask the Lord what to do through him. One of King Joram's officers replied, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. Jehoshaphat said, Yes, the Lord speaks through him. So the king of Israel, King King Jehoshaphat of Judah, and the king of Edom went to consult with Elisha. Why are you coming to me? Elisha asked the king of Israel, go to those pagan prophets of your father and your mother. The king Joram of Israel said, no, for it was the Lord who called us three kings here only to be defeated by the king of Moab. 
Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I wouldn't even bother with you except for my respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Now bring me someone to play the harp. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha, and he said, This is what the Lord says. This dry valley will be filled with pools of water. You will see neither wind nor rain, says the Lord, but this valley will be filled with water. You will have plenty for yourselves, your cattle, and other animals. But this is only a simple thing for the Lord, for he will make you victorious over the army of Moab. You will conquer the best of their towns, even the fortified ones. You will cut down all their good trees, stop up their springs, and ruin all their good land with stones. The next day, at about the same time when the morning sacrifice was offered, water suddenly appeared. It was flowing from the direction of Edom, and soon there was water everywhere. Meanwhile, when the people of Moab heard about the three armies marching against them, they mobilized every man who was old enough to strap on a sword, and they stationed themselves along the border. But when they got up the next morning, the sun was shining across the water, making it appear red. To the Moabites, it looked like blood. It's blood, the Moabites exclaimed. The three armies must have attacked and killed each other. Let's go, men of Moab, and collect the plunder. But when the Moabites arrived at the Israelite camp, the army of Israel rushed out and attacked them until they turned and ran. The army of Israel chased them to the land of Moab, destroying everything as they went. They destroyed the towns, covered their good land with stones, stopped up all the springs, cut down all the good trees. Finally, only Kir Haraseth and its stone walls were left, but men with slings surrounded and attacked it. When the king of Moab saw that he was losing the battle, he led 700 of his swordsmen in a desperate attempt to break through the enemy lines near the king of Edom, but they failed. Then the king of Moab took his oldest son, who would have been the next king, sacrificed him as a burnt offering on the wall. There was a great anger against Israel, and the Israelites withdrew and returned to their own land. 1 Kings chapter 22. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, began to rule over Judah in the fourth year of King Ahab's reign in Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother was Azubah, the daughter of Sheli. Jehoshaphat was a good king, following the example of his father Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. During his reign, however, he failed to remove all the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense there. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. The rest of the events in Jehoshaphat's reign, the extent of his power, and the wars he waged are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. He banished from the lands the rest of the male and female shrine prostitutes who still continue their practice from the days of his father Asa. There was no king in Edom at the time, only a deputy. Jehoshaphat also built a fleet of trading ships to, ship to sail to Orpha for gold, but the ships never set sail, for they met with disaster in their home port of Ezion-Geber. At one time, Ahaziah, son of Ahab, had proposed to Jehoshaphat, let my men sail with your men and their ships, but Jehoshaphat refused the request. Second Chronicles 20, verse 31. So Jehoshaphat ruled over the land of Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king and reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother was Azubah, the daughter of Shilah. Jehoshaphat was good king, following the ways of his father Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. He, during his reign, however, he failed to remove all the pagan shrines, and the people never fully committed themselves to follow the God of their ancestors. The rest of the events of Jehoshaphat's reign, from the beginning to end, are recorded in the record of Jehu, son of Hanai, which is included in the book of the kings of Israel. Sometime later, King Jehoshaphat of Judah made an alliance with King 
Ahaziah of Israel, who was very wicked. Together they built a fleet of trading ships at the port of Ezangiber. Then Eliezer, son of Dodavu from Marvias, prophesied against Jehoshaphat. He said, because you have aligned yourself with King Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy your work. So the ships met disaster and never put out to sea. 1 Kings 22.50 When Jehoshaphat died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Jehoram became the next king. 2 Chronicles 21, verse 1. When Jehoshaphat died, he was buried with the an- his ancestors in the city of David, and his son Jehoram became the next king. Jehoram's brothers, the other sons of Jehoshaphat, were Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azarhu, Michael, and Shepelatah. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of, Ju- king of Judah. Their father had given each of them valuable gifts of silver, gold, and costly items in some of Judah's fortified towns. However, he designated Jehoram as the next king because he was the oldest. But when Jehoram had become solidly established as king, he killed all his brothers and some of the other leaders of Judah. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 16. Jehoram, son of King Jehoshaphat of Judah, began to rule over Judah in the fifth year of the reign of Joram, son of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. But Jehoram followed the example of the kings of Israel and was as wicked as King Ahab, for he had married one of Ahab's daughters. So Jehoram did what was evil in the Lord's sight. But the Lord did not want to destroy Judah, for he had promised his servant David and his descendants would continue to rule, shining like a lamp forever. During Jehoram's reign, the Edomites revolted against Judah and crowned their own king. So Jehoram went with all his chariots to attack the towns of Zir. The Edomites surrounded him and his chariot commanders, but he went off He went out at night and attacked them under the cover of darkness. But Jehoram's army deserted him and fled to their homes. So Edom has been independent from Judah to this day. The town of Libna also revolted about the same time. 2 Chronicles 21, verse 5. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. But Jehoram followed the example of the kings of Israel and was as wicked as King Ahab, for he had married one of Ahab's daughters. So Jehoram did what was evil in the Lord's sight. But the Lord did not want to destroy David's dynasty, for he had made a covenant with David and promised that his descendants would continue to rule, shining like a lamp forever. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.